Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. Friday evening, we kicked off our, hopefully what will become a monthly pro-life prayer and vigil throughout the night, and it was very well attended. I was very grateful for the people who made the time on Friday evening through the night until Saturday morning, all night long, to be here in adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament, offering up prayers of intercession for the protection of the unborn, for the conversion of mind and heart of mothers and fathers and of those in the abortion industry, making reparation for the sins of abortion and the failures of responsibility. Uh, We had a beautiful procession down Leavenworth Road, uh, probably close to 50 people who were there praying in both languages. We had English and Spanish both present, singing, praying, interceding, uh, some some ugly uh, counter-protests going on right there across the street from us. Very unpleasant, but that's part of the job, right? So I think it was a a great start. And again, I'm very grateful for those who made the time, uh, the priests as well, and other communities who publicized that event. We had a nice representation from area parishes. Father Mark was here. Father Anthony Psyche from the cathedral was here. Just a very strong thing. So please make that a part of your, um, your monthly calendar the third Friday into the Saturday morning of the month, concluding with that mass at 8 a.m. here, which is a bilingual mass, and then a procession down to the abortion clinic to perfectly witness to the dignity of life. The words of Jesus here on the trustworthiness of his disciples, whom he calls stewards, in small matters, renders them trustworthy in great ones, and vice versa. Or the contrary is also true. The person who is dishonest in small things also dishonest in great ones. This is a principle that shows up in in several places in his teaching and in his parables. To be honest in small things, we have the parable of the talents. Those entrusted with a small responsibility are then given rule over cities, right? Trading, growing an interest, and being good stewards of the gifts that were entrusted to them. This principle extends deeply into our lives. It extends into not only our spiritual service, our service of God and neighbor, but also just the basic human virtues that govern our lives and govern our social, communal lives. One of the things that shows up periodically if you're into social media, you'll hear talks given by different figures who emphasize the importance of being virtuous in in the areas that no one ever sees. A famous commencement speech given a few years ago by uh, the Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy, I can't remember which, emphasized, do you want to be great? Start by making your bed. Make your bed in the morning, right? As a child, uh, I couldn't understand why I had to make my bed. I'm just going to crawl back into it in 12 hours. What is the point? I I don't want to do this. This doesn't really make any sense. What's the, what's the value of this repetitive, meaningless task that no one will ever see? I'm the only one who sees my bed. I don't care. What's the big deal? My parents gave up on me a, a few times on matters of, of those kinds of things. But now, later in life, I've come to appreciate why. Why do we do these little habits on a basic human level? Well, it it does a couple of important things. Just again, up here I'm speaking completely naturally. 
Well, they, they force us to be attentive to things that soon get out of control if we don't stay on top of them. A neatly made bed looks strange in a room with clothes on the floor, total disorganization, papers, bag, you know, the disarray that slowly creeps up. We don't notice the change in the development day by day. Soon we have a messy and unmanageable living space. So we have to be attentive to the little things, the little acts that bring about greater order in our lives. Hence, start by making your bed every day. And other things, other ripple effects will follow. That's a natural way of approaching what Jesus is saying here today. If you're faithful in small things, it means you're paying attention. It means you're attentive. And you're attentive to the things that will ultimately contribute to your flourishing and to make you trustworthy in more significant matters. This is something I go through with uh, the children at our school. We've inaugurated kind of a tradition with our eighth grade class. I meet with them, and one of the things we do at the beginning of the year is go through how to greet an adult. Here's how to interact with a stranger that you don't know, a visitor to our school, maybe one of your friend's parents or older siblings. We practice going through making eye contact, speaking audibly, saying, my name is, shaking hands, not the dead fish, you know, or the, the weird kind of fingertip grasp, but a nice firm handshake. Ladies, you got to do this too. Used to be that men wouldn't presume to shake a woman's hand, but now you got to do it. It's part of life. And here's what happens when you don't do this well. If you don't make eye contact with someone, if you don't speak audibly to them, if you don't smile, you send an inadvertent message. A message which is, I find your presence uncomfortable. I'd like to escape. I'd like to go somewhere else. You being close to me uh, is unpleasant. And I asked the, those children, is that the message that you intend to send when you see someone you don't know? Well, of course not. No, Father, that's not what we want to say. Okay. Well, whether or not that is the, the intention, that is the message that is often transmitted. So, boys and girls, on your way out of Mass, on Wednesdays for All School Mass, make sure you say, Hi, Father Nick, good to see you, good morning, have a good day, look me in the eye. Practice it. Be attentive to these small things and grow trustworthy in greater ones. To say nothing of the, the growth and self-confidence and, and courtesy that follows. These are all important matters on a human level, but they're also important spiritually. They're important in the growth of our souls. All the little things that, that fill up our lives, the decisions that we make on a daily basis, which pass us by with hardly a thought, we get to take the opportunity and be attentive. Well, how is it? How is it then, I ask myself, that I am being trustworthy in small matters that perhaps no one will ever notice? How do I begin my day? Do I begin my day checking my phone or kneeling down next to my bed and making a morning offering? How do I end my day? Do I go downstairs, raid the fridge, occupy myself with miscellaneous snacking until I'm too tired and then 
collapse on the couch and finally make my way up to my room at 2 a.m. with all the lights on in the house? Or do I make an examination of my day, review it under the light of the Holy Spirit, and ask for the grace that I need for the day to come? Protection through the night. Nobody's going to judge me about those things, but I have to make a decision. I have to be attentive so that I might be trustworthy in more significant matters. One of the things that has been a consistent question I put to myself each day as a way of helping make that examination is this. What is the conversion that's being asked of me today? I hold that question in my mind throughout the day. I ask it at the beginning of the day, and I ask it again at the end. How did I respond to the nudges that I got to be converted, to repent of my sinfulness even in small ways, so as to be more faithful and attentive to the word that is spoken to me through my conscience and through the, the teaching and preaching of the, of the church? What is the conversion that is being asked of me today? That question is a way of presenting Jesus' parable to us in a, in a simple and direct way, each and every day. What is the true wealth? Jesus says, if we're dishonest, if we're not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, referring to the, to the money that we handle, right, the money that we earn, the money that we spend, all of which has a quality of dishonesty to it, how can we then be trusted with real wealth? Real wealth being something that far transcends the money that we handle, the wealth that we acquire through our labor or the labor of others. Well, the true wealth that he's speaking of is the beauty of holiness, the perfection of the soul, really the perfection of our whole being. The virtues that allow us to live a well-ordered and loving existence. To activate all of the latent potential within our, our hearts and in our lives and put it to service, put it to good use in whatever way we find ourselves, particular to our own vocations and our states in life. That is the true wealth that we long to be proven trustworthy to receive the beauty of holiness. One of the ways in which Jesus is challenging us to, to reframe our focus is to acquire a supernatural vision, to see things not through the eyes of our, of our existence here and now, the goals of this life, but rather to look to those things which cannot be seen and which cannot be lost, lost once they are gained. A supernatural vision is absolutely crucial for us to grow in the beauty of holiness, to see the things that we need in this life as mere instruments for the growth and perfection of our souls. One of the principles that we can apply to our, our daily lives is to recognize that my soul is immortal. I live forever. My existence will never end. 
and that that soul will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that every aspect of my life, every detail, every unseen action will be brought to the light, weighed, and judged. This is the meaning of that promise in our first reading today. Never will I forget a thing they have done. He's referring here to the judgment of the sinful actions of his people and the prophet Amos. You think that you get away with all of these little, these little acts of disobedience, these little ways of cheating one another, of taking advantage and using one another. And you think it's, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. But it's not. The Lord sees it all. And it will all be part of our final judgment. That's the negative side of the question. The positive side of the question is that the good that we do is also not forgotten. The good that we do by which we merit to grow in beauty of holiness is also recorded in God's book. We seek to be faithful to him in all these little ways that no one will ever see but him alone. The first thing that we do in the morning, the last thing we do at the end of the day, the moments of virtuous choice to forgive, to renounce our power over others, to look to not our reputation or the rewards of this life, but rather lay up treasures in heaven that can never be spoiled or ruined. This is the supernatural vision that leads to the beauty of holiness. This is true wealth. Lord, you are the fullness of life. You are the Lord of holiness and of joy. Fill our days and nights with the love of your wisdom that we may bear fruit in the beauty of holiness, like a tree watered by running streams. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.